Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss all things modern orthodoxy from dating to the Upper West Side and everything in between. I'm your host, Evan Harris, and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Before we introduce our guest, I just want to advertise an exciting thing coming up in the world of MoDate. MoDate Madness, March 3rd, 2022, Thursday night at Tempura NYC. There will be unlimited sushi and drinks. Bring your friends. Make sure to be there. Sign up for the madness soon before all the tickets are gone. Today we're sitting down with friend of the program, Moday Connector, Jake Schreier. How are you doing, Jake? Doing very well. Thanks for having me, Evan. So Jake and I met about almost a year ago now, I yeah, would say. Yeah, we're closing on a year. Uh, he's a good friend of a good friend. And, you know, Jake and I have spoken a lot about the dating process, Moday in general, and just different topics surrounding modern orthodoxy. And the guy has a lot of opinions, so we're here to get some of those out of him and see what other people think. I'm really excited. Let's do it. So, Jake, just give us a little more about your background and just how you ended up where you are today. So how I ended up here today is through our mutual friend. Shout out to John Greenberg. Um, But I was very drawn to your enthusiasm to do something about the dating problem, as people would call it. Obviously, it's a process that could be challenging for many, um, dating in general, specifically in the modern Orthodox Jewish community. And you have always had a vision and a process. So we've, sp- we've, we've spoken on Modate from pretty early on. I think I, I was a connector going back um, from before you had 200. Now you're over 1,000, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I tend to have thoughts on things. My friends tell me I'm always full of rants and, and thoughts and calls. So I guess I'll give a little disclaimer here. Is that like, hopefully what I have to say can speak to some of your demographic. I think one of Modate's biggest strengths is uh, that it's not a cookie cutter model. There's people spanning a broad Hushkafic and age spectrum. So I'll be making some calls or rants on some of the you know, processes as I saw it in my own process and many of my friends in my network, and hopefully it speaks to a, a large portion of your demographic, but it obviously won't you know, speak to everyone's experience. And by speaking generalities, obviously, like it's not going to apply to everyone. So Jake is also in a PsyD program right now. So he you know, knows people, knows concepts, talks about people, talks to people. So Jake knows what he's talking about. He's an, he's an expert of sorts. Would you, would you say that's correct? I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but uh, yeah, we're, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. So when I asked Jake to come on, you know, I asked him what topics we should discuss. And obviously, you know, he had a lot of different ideas. But basically, we're going to talk broadly just about the dating process and and trusting the process. Because Jake, I believe, is a believer in the system that we have now in some ways is smart, even though people like to bash on it. And I just want to hear more about your thoughts on the general setup process. Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, First off, I think... The system is in place, and I'm not like speaking for the system. I don't know who made it, and like it exists. And and again, when I speak to the system, some people might be listening and saying this doesn't apply to me. It applies to many, though. I don't know if like why you stern type is the right phrase, and there's many why you and stern people this won't apply to. There's many people went to other colleges that this will, but in the classic setup of you know guys gonna get the idea first, and I think you've spoken about this in a lot of other pods, and you know ages come up. One thing that you and I, I guess, spoke about, and I hope it's okay to share this, um, is we spoke about when something's going really well and there's a really good date, and uh, you're thinking about another date. So the rule state that technically speaking, the rule, you know, the guy, you should go home and sleep on it. And the next morning or the next day you reach out to the girl. And like, again, this could be silly and girls could reach out too, but, but usually this is, you know, the, the standard and the rules for many people. So, um, Evan and I both uh, got into a phase in our dating where we're like, Oh, this is silly. Like I had a great time. I'm just going to ask right now, like moment of either that night or on the date. So one thing that I think Evan thought was interesting is I pointed out to him that I think it's actually a mistake and that that's one area where like the quote unquote rule makes sense. If you think you had a great time, maybe you really did, but maybe the person didn't have a great time also. And even if you can read people decently, everyone's putting their best foot forward on a date. So 
hopefully you're not coming back and you're like, that was miserable. Someone's like trying to make an effort with you. They're trying to connect. So maybe they're not sure how it went and maybe asking in the moment or that night is going to be weird and throw them off. And so they need that time to go home and like the next morning be like, I think I'm down for another or I think I'm not, but they've had that time to process. Um, and one other thing is I joked with you, I was like, you know, you don't want to mess over a future Evan. Cause like, let's say on two is really good. You want to go on three. So you're like, okay, I'm going to ask a night of, and now you have three set up, but then you went on three and third dates, like not necessarily, you know, as you know, you're not sure you're feeling it out. You've kind of stolen the right for yourself to sleep on it. Cause now the girl has like an expectation. One time for me, I asked for a three on a two. And then at the end of three, I was like, this was nice, but like, I'm not going to like, you know, ask her for right now. And she was kind of like hesitant to get out of my car. Like, wait, I thought we like ask now. And, uh, so that was like a moment where I was like, Oh, probably shouldn't ask night of, even if it was a really good time. So as you can see, Jake has a lot of opinions. <laughs> and so, we're going to just unpack what this process is that we're even talking about. You know, just for some listeners who maybe have never dealt with the dating process or never really spoken about it out loud, kind of what I'm talking about, and I think what Jake understands as well, is that generally these days, let's say getting set up by friends, what happens is a friend reaches out to the guy, says, I have this idea for you, sends over a bio, a picture, then maybe even tells you a little bit more about their relationship. The guy then decides whether or not they want to go out on the date. Then the girl gets the bio and the picture of the guy, and then the girl decides whether or not they want to go out on the date. The girl is most probably aware of the fact that the guy already got it, because that's just generally how things are today. And then once they both agree, the guy has sent the phone number of the girl. The guy reaches out, maybe sends a few little, a few little nice texts, and then they set up a phone call. They have this phone call where they plan the date. Then they go on the date, and then after the date, the guy is responsible for saying either went well and I want to go again, or you know I think you're great but I don't think we're right for each other or something like that. And what Jake's talking about just now was that dates are usually at night, I guess. And so it's usually common practice for the guy to text the girl the next day instead of right after the date, even though they know, or let's say they know they want to go on another date. So this is kind of the process we're talking about and just unpacking it because it seems very transactional and formulaic almost, would you say? Yeah, um, I can like slow it down. I'm, I'm appreciative that you took it back to the beginning because I want to speak more to the setup phase, but I think that was very well described for a lot of people's experiences. Again, as we said, it's not going to apply to everyone, but this is similar to like, I mean, usually Mode, when you, if you get two yeses, usually most often in my experience, the girls say, oh, like we think this is a solid idea. Ask the guy first. And, and, and then it turns into like very similar to that process. Modate is, you know, as you say, the mutual friend you wish you had, it's, it's setting up another mechanism in, in which to have these ideas rather than just thinking about it alone or brainstorming with friends. I should have given this disclaimer early. Also, if you have me on like 1.5 or two, I'm sorry. I've been told I'm like on 1.5 in real life. So uh, I've never actually been on a podcast. Very honored to be here, but I hope I'm not going too fast for, for you folks. Um, but anyway, okay, back to the setup phase. And I, I think you explained that really well, Evan. Um, one thing that's a huge pet peeve of mine, and I'm someone who tries to set people up often. Um, and and nice. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I brainstorm a lot. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about just trying to bring people together and thank God I've had actually like good amount of success here too, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, one huge pet peeve of mine is when you reach out to a guy, which is generally guy first, doesn't have to be that way. That's often how it is. And you hear like nothing, crickets, radio silence, you're ghosted for a long time. That could be before they even say they're available. That could be after they say they're available, then they get an idea. And all of a sudden, like the biggest work project in years has come up this week, coincidentally, somehow, even though it happens every time you try to set up the same guy. Um, so yeah, that that tends to happen. 
I don't know. I just really value communication and transparency. And like, you don't need to have an answer in a minute. Like we all live life. Life could be busy. There's just no reason to like, I don't know. Some people, you could even say like, hey, I didn't get a chance to fully read this yet. I'm going to look into it. Or I've gotten from someone like, oh, I'm not home now. Um, I'll take a look when I can. You know, that's very normal. And you're allowed to say that. Just not replying is generally not a good like concept in life of like how to be a productive you know, person in a symbiotic dynamic. Um, so I, I really, yeah, that's a huge pet peeve of mine, I guess. So I agree with you. I mean, I'm someone who sends a lot of texts uh, and it's, you know, it happens sometimes where people, they say they forgot to answer, you know, maybe they clicked on it and then they said they didn't answer right away. And it's annoying. It's annoying. It's definitely a, a problem that happens a lot, especially in this, because you feel like you're really trying to help someone and they're, almost treating it like they're doing you the favor by trying to answer. And that for me is just one of my biggest pet peeves in life where people kind of turn the favor around and make it seem like even though you're doing them a favor, they're doing you a favor. And this is definitely a problem in this realm as well. I think that with Modate, it is a bigger problem than maybe even without Modate because there's just a lot of texting that goes on in the current state of Modate, which becomes pretty troublesome for some connectors if they're very busy during a specific round of matches or whatever it is. So we are trying to work on that. But just in general, if you're someone who's looking to date and someone who has friends that are kind enough to try to help you out, then you should answer the phone. Yeah, and for sure. And answering is one thing. Also, just be appreciative. This is something I've always told my younger friends, and I think they found it very helpful in their dating process, is like, just make the interaction as positive as possible. Like Evan's going to call this, I guess, trusting the process, which is great. Like, first of all, shout out 76ers, trusting Joel Embiid, playing amazing. In terms of the process, I, I don't know if it's trusting as much as like being efficient, effective, like trying to like go. And, and a lot of people have spoken really well on this in previous Mopods of just making the best of this process. And there's a lot to say in terms of just living a great life, whether you're single or in a relationship, that's like a different philosophical conversation. I have tons of thoughts on that. This is more like once you're in this and you want to find your person and you're going to be getting set up by friends or whatever, how to be like smart and like communicative and just carrying yourself in a good manner. So in terms of responding, also just, yeah, appreciation to your point. And I think it's a great point, Evan. Like someone's doing you a favor. Like I think I got to a certain point in my own dating where I would literally, the first thing I would do is be like, I didn't even look at this yet. I just want to say, or like maybe I would say I'm available and they're like, oh, I'm going to send you an idea soon. And I'll be like, I just want to let you know, regardless of if I say yes or she does, or if it goes far or doesn't go far, really appreciate you thinking of others, specifically me in this case. And uh, thank you so much. Like, it's just like a nice, I mean, I genuinely felt that way. That's the truth. But like, even if you don't feel it, just say thanks. I don't know. Just, it just, the truth is people have carried themselves not in the best manner and I've tried to set them up and I still brainstorm for them. So I'm not gonna pretend like they're not gonna think of you anymore. Maybe for other people that applies, not for me, but it's just like such a nicer way to interact with somebody. And and then and they end up saying no, but they're like, I really appreciate you thinking of me. And then it's up to them. And you and I have even had this conversation. So I hope it's okay. You'll say, I think it was on the mark for X, Y, Z reason or not X, Y, Z reason. It depends on how close you are with someone. You don't owe people an explanation per se, but just don't have to be like, oh, not down. Like you could say like, thanks for thinking. Like adding that human touch to it, I think is really important. For sure. So just you just mentioned explaining why you say yes or no and just going deeper into that. So it is part of the process that some daters might find a little more annoying. So I don't know if this comes up a lot with you or not, but definitely with people who consider themselves to be more official shadchans. I know we've had that term floating around the podcast before, the official shadchan. They generally want an explanation as to why maybe you don't want to go out with the person or whatever it is. And that's something that can be a little annoying from the dater perspective. You know, it sounds like we were kind of complaining about non-participatory daters before, but now there's the over-eager the person who, 
either bombards you with ideas that aren't good and they're obviously not good and they don't know you that well, but they're, it seems like they have some other agenda at hand or the person who needs to know every detail as to why you said no, or the person who tries to convince you to go out with the person after you already said no, which might cause this idea and this concept of kind of ignoring the person who reaches out to you because it's so cumbersome and it really does take a lot out of you to get questioned what your decision is that that's tough. That is such an excellent point. I can't speak to all Shah Khan my experience, but that that would really, really bother me on both sides of the fence. I, I don't believe in anybody convincing. Like, it's all contextual. Like, if you're really close to someone, like, we're close enough that I could, I could, I mean, it's still not my place to ask. It's really your place to tell. I could ask if I want to, but it's your place to empower me with that information. And like, if it's like one of my very, very, very close friends, I could ask slash it would be normal to just discuss it because we're on that level. And I, I don't know enough about that world. Like uh, I, I, oh, I did hear the official shotgun thing, you know, are you an official shotgun? I think you're a CEO of a dating startup or whatever we want a title we want to give you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'm an official shotgun at the end of the day. I think it was just a funny term. For sure. And I, I think when people think of official shotgun, it's people, you know, calling up and do it more on a professional basis or more full time. Point being, I, I, I personally, and again, I don't want to call anybody else out. I, I don't think you owe anybody an answer. You, the person who just got an idea and are single, like you don't owe that to anybody. I, I wouldn't say you just say like, you know, not down or like leave them on red for days, but you could just say, thanks for thinking of me. I don't think I want to go forward with this, you know, but I appreciate it. Like that's totally appropriate. And I actually think if somebody pushes more, because I honestly, I'd, I'd really rather not get into it. And and if you're right, if, if the lack of response is a symptom to that initial thing of being pressed for details, I really hear that. Like, this sounds funny. I don't know if we should have like report a connector. Like I've had one person who is like oh should we like like kind of pushing me and i was like I'll, like i'll tell you if i think it's i mean your new idea i don't i don't want to reveal too much but we'll be more collaborative of like if connectors think it's a good call mutually but yeah i, I think there's a certain pushiness that's appropriate and inappropriate and it's contextual depends on how close or how close one is with the person but yeah i totally agree with that point i i think people should not be expected to give a whole you know three you know five paragraph essay as to why they're not saying yes to an idea i don't think they, they owe that so just to go more on this data perspective there is this concept that people are picky, whatever picky means. You know, some people think that they themselves are picky. Some people call other people picky because they say yes to one in every five suggestions, 10 suggestions. And this concept, is it harmful? Maybe, I don't know. But what are your thoughts on kind of these people who maybe you try to set up that don't say yes all the time, say yes pretty rarely. Are you one to push people to give it a shot or are you more whatever the person wants, that's what they want? I, I don't like to push people. I, I won't pretend that I've not been a little bit, I don't know if jaded is the right word or frustrated or like, wow, this is like six in a row with whatever. And I'm not like keeping score. I think from the setup side of things, I don't know if this is just my data or everybody's experience. I know you and Jessica spoke about like literal actual data. So this is not me reporting on actual data, but from my I guess, case study, anecdotal experience, the large, large majority of ideas you're going to have are going to facilitate zero dates. Just like get that through your mind. Like that's okay. That's okay. You're just trying to help your friends. Sometimes you come up with amazing ideas and sometimes you don't and that's fine. But a lot of ideas will lead to zero dates. And out of the ones that do lead to dates, the majority of those will probably be between one and four dates. They probably will be. Getting five or more is pretty cool. I like remember the first time I got to five dates. I was like, cool. Like the girl thought it was like the right kind of guy just wasn't clicking. Guy thought it was the right kind of girl wasn't clicking. Like that's cool. Like, like you're just trying your best. Like, I think we have to remember that we're trying to help the person find their person and we're not trying to help ourselves. And I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions here, but I think there are times we get so caught up in our own ideas. It's like a little bit of egocentrism is like a psychology term. Like 
oh, how can you not trust my idea? And and honestly, sometimes maybe the, the guy or girl is being silly and it is a good call. But again, depending on how close you are, it's not your job to tell them that. And maybe they're not being silly. Maybe somehow it might be shocking. Maybe they know themselves better than you know that than you know them. <laughs> maybe they know themselves better. And maybe what you think is the best idea in the world, okay, you're gonna have to go back to the drawing board. And I've gotten actually plenty of times when people revisit ideas I had years, literally years earlier. It's a little frustrating. It's humorous when they're like, oh, actually now I'm down. Or someone else suggested and now I actually tried it. Or I met her myself and she's actually great. And now I'm gonna ask her out. I'm like, great, good for you. Like, it's not it's not about the connector. It's not about the shotgun. Like, it's really, not. And, and maybe everybody knows that already. So that would, that would be great. But I think sometimes those lines get blurred. Before we get into our next segment, it's important to note that this podcast was recorded before the NBA trade deadline, and we are now officially a very pro Ben Simmons podcast. For sure. So for our very niche target market that both enjoys talking about modern orthodox dating and the modern orthodox world and the NBA. So just to bring a more parallel to the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, not every idea is going to be Joel Embiid. You could tank for as long as you want. You could be single for for five years and you're, the people around you could start saying like, why, why are you still single? What's going on? How come you haven't found the one yet? And a lot of ideas are going to end up being Markel Fultz. A lot of ideas are going to end up being Ben Simmons, who, you know, looks great at first and then just disappears. So not everyone's going to be Joel Embiid, but that shouldn't discourage you from doing what you want. I think that's the ultimate message here. You should do what you want in a respectful manner. That's like an absolutely amazing analogy. I don't think people are going to appreciate it because you did not come up with that beforehand, but that was actually awesome. Um, yes, the Joel Embiid's are few and far between. That's actually an amazing metaphor. For people who don't know, this team like tanked to get really, which, which is a term for they got really high draft picks, good prospects, good dating ideas, and a lot of them turned into not great NBA players. And that's kind of how it's going to go. And, it, and this doesn't mean that everybody has the right to just say no to any idea and never give an explanation. I, I hope I'm not giving that impression and I don't think I am, but I, I do think that's that's an important uh, distinction. And you're after your one Joel Embiid type metaphorically speaking right you're one person who's really going to make sense and so maybe there's maybe if you're close to someone you can push an idea a second time or ask for information but if you're not close to someone odds are you probably shouldn't be doing that so just moving on to another part of this topic the process is that jake obviously has a lot of ideas and does a lot of great work trying to help set people up and i like to think so do i but a lot of people who are of our sex maybe aren't as involved in the setup world you know it's usually girls that are trying to set people up and guys are kind of slacking in this if you even look at just data on modate connectors vast majority of them are female and just want to hear your thoughts on why that might be it's a really interesting topic and it's it's a frustrating one i think you've touched on this in earlier podcasts um the notion of going to the guy first i have a lot of thoughts on these that are not as appropriate for the forum maybe more like you and i friday night chill or whatever that we've spoken about a little but i i do think it's 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 hard it's frustrating i think everybody should be trying to get involved to the capacity they can be i don't think everyone's going to be this expert shot or whatever but like to a smaller degree and i think this is part of your modate vision it's not all like about setups in terms of like oh setup ideas like also just being socially adept and trying to bring people in like you're at shul on the west side or wherever you find yourself grab a friend and introduce them to somebody else you know like help people meet each other and that and that's not a dating thing it could be a dating thing you come back and like often i'll be with sean on my fiance and and she'll be like that guy seems so nice this happens all the time like literally it's mostly shabbos now we have two people we're supposed to reach out to because she'll meet new people and she'll have ideas she's really good at it not everyone's going to be like amazing at you know come up with quality ideas but that concept is not for dating either it's just for making people feel included, you know, inviting someone to a Shabbos meal or going out of your way to say hello to Kiddish or introducing them to somebody else. I think like we can all be better in that category regardless of gender or age. For sure. I think it's important that everyone just does their Hishtablis, you know, no matter where you're at in life, whether you're married and never needed this process or 
you're in the process yourself, if you help people, they'll help you back. I think that's a general principle that works. You said that people that have ignored your suggestions, you've still thought of them, which makes you a very selfless, good person. But a lot of the time, if people aren't responding to you, it kind of makes you not want to respond to them. So the more that you think of others, the more they'll think of you, I think is ultimately the truth. I think on a subconscious level, it's possible that literally like if somebody like doesn't respond to me, like maybe I will brainstorm. I'm definitely not actively trying to avoid those people. But yeah, if you have a great interaction with someone, you'll be like, oh, I want to invite them back to, you know, to the apartment for a hangout or for shops meal. Like that's kind of how it works. So again, like I'm not in this for self-serving reasons, but if you're listening to this and and you are in it for self-serving reasons, even if you don't have the desire to be like appreciative and responsive and communicative, just do it because it'll make people want to be it's, it's kind of like that whatever how to uh how to make friends and influence people like I, i've never really liked that book i haven't finished it i just i hate the notion of like that's what friendships are for it's like and again i, I haven't read the full thing so it, I, I literally couldn't get through it um i think there's a rebbe who says like oh read it for how to be good to your friends but not for self-serving manner it's kind of like how to make friends and get ahead you know i don't view the world that way but if you do then do it anyway like not like meaning i'm saying to do it for authentic reasons but even if you're not feeling that way just still be kind and appreciative because it'll make people want to spend time with you So part of the process we've already discussed on other Mopod episodes was the stress after the S, the stress of planning the date, planning the phone call, basically, you know, trusting this process that we just spoke about. But one part of planning the date is communication. How much are you going to tell the person you're going on a date with about the date? Are you going to text her what you're doing before your first date? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this is another area where I get a little bit frustrated. Again, I'm a pretty communicative person. Um, if I was on like the quote unquote female side of this and like someone else was planning it and wasn't communicating, it would really bother me. And I have like female friends who are like, I just text and say, what's our plan? Because like it's frustrating to not know. And if I were, you know, giving the guys advice, and again, these are a little bit stereotypical, but assuming a similar model to what Evan described and some previous podcasts of like guy getting the idea first and, and Kai usually setting up those first couple of dates or whatever it may be. Um, don't let it come to that. Just communicate. Like, don't let them have to ask that. Just tell them. Like, if I was hanging out with a friend, I would not want them to not know what we are doing. That doesn't make any sense. Why would I tell them if we're watching the game or not watching the game, if we're getting food or if we're not getting food? That's a very silly approach to socializing. So I don't know why this started, but essentially people have had this idea of like, I'm just going to pick a time and a place and I'm going to surprise her. Like, if you're like, I don't know, seven, eight dates in and you found out she likes surprises and you have a cute thing planned, great, go ahead. If you're going on a second date with someone you barely know, why are you surprising her? Like, surprise, we're getting ice cream. Like, you're doing one of the classic, like, whatever, 10 or 20 or, well, you're, you know, there's going to be other discussions about date ideas. You know, there have been some. Maybe you have really creative ideas, but for the, for the most part, you're just doing a random date that anyone's doing, which is totally fine. But don't surprise the girl. Like, she needs to know if she should have eaten before because you called it for 730. Are you getting dinner? Are you not getting dinner? She needs to know if she should be, you know, dairy or not. Like, if she should have meat or not, if you're going to ice cream. If you like walking like I do, you can, you know, they, they should know they can wear comfortable shoes. I would usually send a text at a certain point in the process. I would literally just write like, hey, here's what I had in mind. And then I'd basically give a little itinerary and without trying to sound like a robot or a weirdo and just say, hey, I was thinking and then just go into what I was thinking. And it can include something like I like walking. So maybe if it's nice, I will walk a bit. Now they know they don't have to wear, you know, they don't have to wear like the fanciest shoes or they should expect that. And, you know, they know the activity or they know we're going to a place that serves dairy, but also serves parv. Like they can look into it themselves. Like, I don't know. I just get really frustrated when people kind of like keep the date a, a surprise. And one other thing that frustrates me on this one is like setting up a time. It's just a funny, funny concept for me. Like, I don't know, maybe other people are like this. I'm a huge planner and I'm not like this. 
like we have to see each other at 6.30. Like when you're hanging out with your friend, like often it's like, oh, we'll touch base like 6.30 range, sound good, like whatever. And for dating, apparently you have to like pick this exact minute. And I think for a first date or really early date, you probably should make a good impression and not come late. Although some great people have showed up late. My fiance showed up late to our first date. Um, but you know, so it, you can't show up late, it, it's okay. But for the very beginning, like you, you can like, you, you probably should, you know, we'll meet at exactly an exact time, but like, I don't know, we're all human. Like if you had traffic after work or after school or whatever, like I'm not saying to be an hour later, but if you say, Hey, like should we shoot for seven range? And then like, it ends up being seven twelve. I don't think that's like the end of the world. And like often a guy will come up with an idea and, and say like to a girl, like, do you want to meet at like four o'clock? And they're like, sound like on a Sunday, let's say. And they're like, sounds great. Like for all, you know, she'd really much rather like two o'clock and you just don't know. Cause you didn't ask. And she has like evening plans, but she's just going to be late to them. And like, Maybe this doesn't apply and everyone's like, no, we'll know to like speak up. And in this sometimes silly system, like the more the guy can just make it a team effort and like say, this is what I was thinking. Is that good with you? I think the better. I want you to know that I don't think you sound like a robot or a weirdo. Anyway. Thank you, Evan. Thank you. So just completely switching gears here. Just for a minute or two, I want to discuss, you know, you are in a side D program right now. We are both from the five towns where I believe the options of jobs are generally limited to, limited to business, doctor, lawyer. And a psychologist is a doctor, yes, but it's not generally what people are talking about when those are the three fields that are almost expected for people to go into. So I just want to talk about how you got involved in psychology and how it's going. Yeah. Um, first off, just there was an earlier pod. I don't remember who it was when like in town, out of town was discussed. And I was literally cringing. I think it was like a story about in Israel, like you're still considered in town. Like I, I'm not like, you know, it was very humorous, but like not all of us, you know, from Woodmere, Cedars, Lawrence, et cetera, um, are a certain way. So I just want to just want to say that like people ask me where I'm from and I say Woodmere, New York, and they'll be like the five towns. I'm like, well, I'm not from all five. Uh, but anyway, so with, with regards to your actual question, though, I, I always was really interested in human emotion and psychology. I, I, I did consider other careers at different points, which I think is, is very normal when you're figuring things out in college. Um, but yeah, sometimes there is like a certain like model that has to be done. And I look, modern orthodoxy is beautiful and amazing in a lot of ways. It's also challenging. I mean, like yeshiva tuition is very expensive. So there, there are a lot of really important considerations. Um, I mean, I think there are certain stereotypes behind a lot of professions. I think psychology can be very lucrative. I'm not, I'm not like in it for the big bucks. Although I, I obviously want to like, you know, make a living and, and be able to support my family. And Money's I think good. money is good. Uh, so it's funny. Money's good. I, I'll clarify. I agree. Money is good. And, and the research actually does back this up. Um, it's good to a point. Um, if you can't provide for the basics and in this case, we'll include yeshiva tuition. That's extremely, extremely, extremely important. But so I'm not going to say like literally like food and clothing, but at a certain point, as you're pushing up the curve with more money, it does not lead to more happiness. So it's more money is a necessity in order to be able to do the most important things in life. And that's up to all of us to decide. And, and, and for the most people listening to this podcast, that'll include a lot of Jewish things and living things and just connecting with others and being together with people we love and supporting our you know current or future children, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I, I'm very grateful to be at Kane and, you know, trudging along in my training. And uh, thankfully, it has been a great experience for me. And uh, yeah, hopefully it continues to be good. Great answer. So one of the segments on the MoPod is Mo Tips. I don't know if you've heard this segment before. Just wondering if you could go back five years and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Ah, that's that's really interesting. I, I think I'll give something that I actually did kind of tell myself throughout, and this relates to topics that other people um, have touched on, I think, and spoken about. I don't remember if it was Jessica or another podcast. I apologize. Um, enjoy life. Live life. Like, life can be 
there's stretches that are going to be amazing when you're single and there's stretches that are going to be really crummy when you're single. There's stretches that are going to be amazing when you're in a relationship and there are stretches that are going to be crummy. Like I have so many special friendships that I have like built throughout my 20s. I mean, throughout my whole life, but particularly my 20s that I intend to continue. I don't think it's like a placeholder for a significant other. Like it's, it's not like that, but whatever's going on in your dating life, like just try to make the most of everything. Like, I don't know, just live a values-based life regardless of what's happening in your dating life. And, and obviously you should pay attention to it and, and monitor your yourself. And, you know, you're allowed to take breaks in dating or whatever, you know, whatever. This is not really dating focused. I guess it's like, enjoy life, enjoy your twenties, enjoy figuring things out. And, you know, each stage of life has its own unique set of challenges and opportunities. And I think if, if there are listeners that are listening that are a little younger than me, um, I'm 26, like just, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy college, enjoy post-college, enjoy figuring things out. And don't, don't let everything get to you too much. Very positive man, Jake Schreier. Interesting that the word crummy means bad. I wonder where the uh, etymology of that word is. Moving on to the Mopod lightning round. You know the drill. You know how this works. So let's get right into it. What is your favorite restaurant in the five towns? Oh, I, I really was confident you're going to go with the city, and I was a little prepared for that. I think I have to go with Chosen Island. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's it's been around for so long, and it's so consistently good, and it's got such a big menu that there's a lot of choices there. I uh, love Chosen Island, but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not there all the time, but when I'm there, it's great. That is a high-quality answer. What is your favorite state outside of New York? Interesting. Oh, I think you're setting me up here. I was going to make a joke of like, it isn't, you know, it's like if a tree falls in the forest, if Florida is not mentioned on the Mopod for an entire pod, like, was it really a Mopod experience? So I feel shackled to say Florida, but I can go in the opposite extreme and say like Vermont, you know, winter now, but let's, let's, let's call it a tie between like Vermont and Florida just to be Ote. Okay, good job. So what was your favorite class in college? Ooh, favorite class in college. Hmm. A lot of psychology classes that I loved. Um, shout out to Professor Daniel Kimmel, who, if he's listening to this podcast, that would be bizarre. Uh, but he's a, he was a sociology professor at YU. He taught a really, really, really great um, like core sociology class. Um, social psychology, amazing class. Uh, fascinating research. A lot of Jewish um, researchers, Stanley Milgram and others, um, Salman Ash. But yeah, so I guess those two come to mind. Sociology, life is a social construct. Okay, Jake, what is your favorite number? That is so weird. Two and seven shot into my head right away. I don't know if that's like Derek Jeter, Mickey Mantle type thing, but yeah, that was strange. I don't know. 26. My birthday's on the 26th. I don't know. Okay. Thank you, Jake, for coming on the Mopod. Anything you want to tell our listeners before we sign off? Um, Keep at it. Just, you know, trust the process, I guess. Uh, Trust the process. Pump the volume. (laughs) 